0: pittsburgh sealer fans what's going on this is jeff partner senior editor of behind the steel curtain.com with you for another episode of let's ride your monday wednesday and friday morning podcast it is friday happy friday everyone i hope you've had a great week Hope that you are ready for the weekend. It was a short week for a lot of people in the United States as we had Monday off for the 4th of July. But even if you didn't have Monday off, I hope that this weekend is going to be good to you. Hope you had some good plans and all that good stuff. Have a lot to talk about today. Uh, Some involving the Steelers, some not involving the Steelers. But before we dive headfirst into all the minutiae, I want to make sure that you remember... BehindTheSteelCurtain.com is the website that is attached with the podcast platform. And our podcast network is not just my show. It's not just our morning lineup. You know, you have myself Monday, Wednesday, Friday. You have Jeffrey Benedict on Tuesday with the cutting room floor. On Thursday, Dave Schofield, Geek. We have a whole noon lineup, a whole PM lineup. You need to find us. So let's say you stumbled on this podcast um, on the website or on Twitter or you found it on a search of Steelers content on Apple Podcasts. This is not it. Check us out wherever you get your podcasts by searching Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain. You can subscribe, follow, whatever you have to do so that you do not miss a thing because there's a lot of great quality content even in the dog days, even when there is no news. We are still churning out content daily, daily, daily content. So make sure you check that out. Well, I always talk about news. If there's news, I'm going to bring it up. News that broke on Wednesday afternoon evening was that which impacts the AFC North does not necessarily impact the Pittsburgh Steelers, but it does impact the AFC North. Now, this shouldn't have come as a shock to anyone when Baker Mayfield, the former Cleveland Browns quarterback, the former number one overall draft pick out of Oklahoma, Decides over. He said, "I'm not coming back." We knew that. We knew he's not coming back. Why would you? After they go out and give Deshaun Watson a 230 million dollar guarantee contract, they have traded him. The Cleveland Browns traded him. They have sent Baker Mayfield to the Carolina Panthers. So it's out of the conference, and now all of a sudden, you're wondering, well, what are the what are the parameters of the trade? So Baker Mayfield was due. I want to say. It was around $15 million, the fifth year option this year. Carolina is paying five. Cleveland is paying 10. So Cleveland is not only trading Baker Mayfield, they're also eating a good portion of his salary. And that's going to impact the Browns because of salary cap space and things like that. But then you're thinking, well, what's coming back to Cleveland in return? A conditional, which means that this can change 2024, not 2023. A conditional. 2024 fifth round draft pick. And that's it. So, you know that Cleveland wanted to unload Baker Mayfield. You know that Cleveland wanted to try and not have to pay his entire salary. And there's a reason why Baker Mayfield hadn't been moved yet. He was due a lot of money, and no one wanted to pay that, not for a quarterback that is in the final year of that rookie deal, the fifth year option, and would have to sign a new deal after this season. So the Browns unload a lot of, not a lot, a portion of his contract. And now the Panthers are having to make the decision of will we keep him after this year or will we not? They don't have to make that call right away. They really don't. They can see how it plays out. If he plays well, they think he's the guy. Sam Darnold's not the guy. You feel bad for Matt Corral, who was drafted by Carolina. You're thinking maybe he's the future. That is a jumbled nest down there. I really do not care about what's going on down there. But with the Browns, to take this one step further, it makes you wonder the Browns' thought process regarding Deshaun Watson. Now, the Deshaun Watson hearing is over. The NFL gave their case. The Browns gave their case, or I'm sorry, Deshaun Watson individually gave his case. And now this separate arbiter is going to take a look at everything and kind of let everyone know what they think now we know the NFL is looking for a minimum one year suspension for what's going on maybe the Browns feel confident that he'll be playing at some point this year that's important to note maybe they feel like you know what we're going to get Deshaun back Baker was probably never going to come back anyway so we're going to ditch him and then if we have to go with you know Jacoby Brissett or Joshua Dobbs for a few weeks, that's fine. I am of the ilk that I think that Deshaun Watson is facing a very lengthy suspension. I am not thinking the Steelers are going to face him at all this season. And if you haven't noticed, the Steelers play them early and then they play them late. I think he's not going to play at all this season. And so we'll see how that pans out. But the Cleveland Browns are going to be heading into training camp. There is a rumor this is just a rumor, some reports out there, that the NFL wants to wrap this up before camp. So we might know something sooner rather than later, but the the Browns have to be going into camp expecting Watson to be suspended. In which case, you would have Jacoby Brissett and Joshua Dobbs battling for the starting job. Quite the difference from Deshaun Watson. All right, I want to also bring up something. This is kind of a random thought. This isn't news. This is an article I wrote every Sunday morning. I write a letter from the editor article, and I I write this about whatever I want. You know, I've written about a lot of different topics, but I was writing about the 2002 wildcard game. That was the crazy game. If you were old enough to remember that game, that's a game I hold very near and dear to my heart. Tommy Maddox was the quarterback. We all know about Dennis Northcutt and Kelly Holcomb just carving up the Steelers' defense. And Tommy Maddox with Chris Fumatu Mafala. Um, you know, that, that was a question I think last Wednesday that I was asked on the mailbag, in the mailbag segment on my Wednesday show. And it got me, I went back and watched the game again on YouTube. Just tremendous stuff. What a great game. All you fans that left Tynes Field that year, shame on you, by the way. Shame on you. If you're listening to this, you're like, yeah, I was there and I left. I was like, I'm not staying for this. Shame on you. But you know what? I started thinking about that 2002 team and how they had to win games because they went ten five and one. It wasn't a bad season, and I remember the tie against the Atlanta Falcons and Michael Vick at Heinz Field. That was the the hail mary bomb. Plexico burst catches it, but the football's out of the end zone even though his feet are in. Just a crazy season. That was kind of the way the season was, and I kind of started to mentally connect some dots. I could see the twenty twenty two Steelers being very similar. When you think about how in two thousand and two the defense was good, they were borderline great. But they had their moments. Like I said, Kelly Holcomb in the AFC wildcard game, a backup for Tim Couch, carved up that secondary for over 400 yards of passing. It was unbelievable. They could do nothing to stop this guy. And so you have these situations where you're going to have a defense that looks dominant at times, it might have some weaknesses, and you have an offense that's going to be exciting at times and also just absolutely... Just awful at times. Tommy Maddox turned the ball over at the most inopportune times. Um, A lot of pick sixes, sack fumbles, stuff like that. Heck, sometimes he just dropped the football. So you hope you don't have that, but it's going to be an up and down season. It's going to be a roller coaster. And you have to go back and check out that article because I did connect the dots between the 2022 season, my expectations for that, and how they mirror the 2002 Steelers. Now, I, I normally don't answer any questions. On my Friday show, for obvious reasons, uh, that's typically what happens on the Wednesday show. That's the that's the mailbag segment. But when Jerry Cherry sends you a message, and he says, "Hey, I want to let you know I was going to send in a question for the mailbag, but I didn't get to it." Okay, I get it. Um, I'm gonna. The, the guy is giving us all of the music. If you listen to our podcast, and then obviously, my let's ride. You listen to all of our podcasts. Every single song you hear is a Jerry Cherry song. You can find his music on Spotify. But I wanted to bring something up that he also added. He's told me when we were conversing via Twitter. He said that he is... Just finished up a guitar course. Now, this guy is tremendous on the guitar. I I highly recommend it. He does tutorials on YouTube. I've done several as a novice uh, guitarist, uh, an intermediate, if you want to call it that. And it's just fantastic. If you go to JerryCherry.com, you can check out this guitar course, the Essential Skills Collection for Guitar. Check that out. And I'm going to check it out because I want to get better. He's going to help me get better. But he wanted a question answered, and I'm going to answer that question. So here it goes. Uh, My question goes back to the 2010 season. I feel like the Steelers were just the best of a bad AFC to get to the Super Bowl that year. That's the year they lost to Green Bay. This is after watching some pretty good Steelers teams of previous few years. The defense was weak in the bowl against Green Bay, and it probably cost the Steelers the game. To make this relevant, maybe the defense now is better than that 2010 defense. Okay, so let's break this down. The 2010 defense was... To me, it was the aging boxer that's getting one more shot, and they're taking one more haymaker. And if they can connect, it's going to be lights out for the opponent. But if they swing and miss, that's it. It's lights out for them. And that was the final ditch effort of that 2010. That was the final leg of that legendary defense. James Harrison, Troy Polamalu, James Ferrier, Larry Foote, I could go on with, you know, Brett Kiesel still played after that, but he was still on that team. Uh, you talk about Casey Hampton, DeShay Townsend, Ike Taylor, all those players that were so prominent for the team from 2004, even some 2003 and on, they were just, it was, it was the end of the era. And so, yeah, it, I could understand how you would suggest that they were weak. I don't think they were weak. They just weren't able to go and overtake a game anymore. They weren't able to just dominate the way that they did in 2008, only two years prior when the defense was, in my opinion, the best defense in, in Steelers history. And yes, I'm partial because I was there and I watched it and I saw that defense develop under Bill Cowher and then Mike Tomlin take them to the next level. I know that I'm partial, but the offense that you see now on on the field – now, I'm not talking about the Steelers. I'm talking about the opposition is so much greater than some of the offenses that were seen in the 70s. I wasn't alive then. So, again, I'm partial. But to answer your question, I don't think they were weak. Like you use the word weak. That's, that wasn't a weak defense. They were banged up, a lot of players injured. You have to remember that if they win that Super Bowl, If they find a way to win, if Marquise Pouncey is able to play in that game, if Rashard Mendenhall doesn't fumble, if Ben Roethlisberger doesn't turn the ball over like he did, then we're not talking about that being a weak defense. We're talking about that being a legendary defense that won three rings. So I understand what you're saying, Jerry. I'm just going to slightly disagree. All right, let's talk about one more thing before we get to the second half of the show. The second half of the show, you know what's going to happen. Jeremy Jerome Betts and the All Bets Are Off segment will be taking place where hopefully we have a better connection this week. We'll see. I hope so. Uh, but still, I want to talk about the rankings. You know, the offseason rankings are in full tilt. That's the title of this podcast. It, they are in full tilt. Everyone's doing them. NFL.com, ESPN, CBS Sports, Fox Sports, you name it, they're doing rankings. And there's a reason why. The reason why is that you didn't hear much about this stuff in June. Many camps are wrapping up. After the 4th of July, people start to lose interest in some of the sports that are going on now, which is Major League Baseball. A lot of the teams, they're not in it anymore. So what do they start to look for? They're looking towards the football season. What happens at the end of the month? Teams start to report the training camp. So when you think about it, These websites, these national media outlets are using these rankings as a way to get people's attention, as a way to increase engagement, and be a ramp up leading up to training camp starting. And it works every year. Every year, I feel like I do this same talking point about you just got to ignore this stuff. Let me give you an example. NFL.com. They were using their quote-unquote next-gen stats. If you want to hear more about that, check out Dave Schofield's Stat Geek with one of the next-gen stats guys uh, for Zebra Technologies. It was, a gr- it was a great interview. Go back and check that out. But still, NFL.com uses these statistics to find out the best disruptor. That's any defender that is able to disrupt the offense. And guess who they put number one? Everyone would assume... It's going to be Aaron Donald or T.J. Watt. No, it is Trey Hendrickson of the Cincinnati Bengals. And T.J. Watt is number two. So guess what they pump out there on Twitter? Those rankings. Guess what the Steelers faithful do? They go berserk. What are you thinking? Oh, yeah, can you put T.J. Watt number two? Well... Guess what they got you to do? They got you to read the article. They got you to comment on the article. They probably got you to share the article and the results. That all helps generate their engagement, helps their business, helps their product. Then ESPN starts their series. Jeremy Fowler, who used to cover the Steelers for ESPN, he's now a senior writer for, NFL, for the NFL with ESPN. He's talking to NFL executives, coaches, scouts, et cetera. And they're putting down a top 10 list of primary, the main primary positions. So they do pass rusher and they finally, they say, well, TJ Watson, number one. Well, guess what the Steelers fans do? Rejoice. They got it right. Yay. Then they put out the defensive line rankings. Now I don't think anyone was expecting Cam Hayward to be ranked number one, but he was ranked fifth. So Cam Hayward being the fifth best defensive lineman, I'm not buying it. I'm sure you're not buying it either. But Cam Hayward, he sees this. He comments on Twitter to Jeremy Fowler's tweet with the link in it, saying, I've got nothing but respect for my peers, but this list is way off. And then he tweets out an image. It's just a sign that says, don't poke. And it has a bear in the middle. This dude's taking it personal. He is taking a ranking, an offseason ranking, and he is taking it personally. Now, a lot of people would say this dude needs to chill. It's just an offseason ranking. I'm telling the fans to chill. But if Cam Hayward is going to take this and he's going to use it to light that fire inside him in the offseason to train harder, to be ready to go, to make sure his teammates are ready to go. If he wants to say, I want to prove to them no matter what in 2022 that I am the best, not one of the best, yeah, that's, that's awesome. I'm glad Jeremy Fowler put him fifth then if that's what he's going to do. My message is to the fans, don't get caught up in the spin cycle. The spin cycle of don't think for a second that when Jeremy Fowler, who has covered the Steelers and knows what the fan base is like, when he put this list together, said to his editor, just wait till I put Cam fifth. The fan base is going to freak out. They're going to go ballistic. They're going to share this article. There's going to be comments galore. Trust me, it's going to work. And guess what everyone does? They fall right in line. So when you think about it in that regard, just calm down Don't worry about these articles. They're going to be out there for the rest of the month. Just take it with a grain of salt. You might see me cover them. I'd obviously cover them because I'm covering the Steelers. If they have the Steelers number one in any category, I'm going to write about it. If they have the Steelers as 10 in any category, I'm going to write about it. That's my job. That doesn't mean I buy into it and I believe it, but still, take those with a grain of salt. Those rankings, like I said, full tilt. What else is full tilt? Mr. Jerome Betts is going to be up coming up. Make sure you stay tuned after the break for the All Bets Are Off segment and to the very end for a very special heart to heart. Something that was really happened to me recently with the family. I want to share it with you. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. All right, Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it is Friday, the second half. That means it's the All Bets are Off segment with Jeremy Jerome Betts. What's up, Jerome? How's it going?
1: Man, it's going great. I got off work a little early again today, so feeling good. It's been humid and muggy, though, so I'm uh, staying hydrated outside uh, just to stay stay alive, basically. It's hot, man. It's hot, but
0: I love it, man. I People always complain about the heat. People complain about yeah. everything with the weather. I mean, would you <laughs> rather it be a high of 10 degrees and a polar vortex over us, or would you rather it be hot and humid for me? I'm taking hot and humid. What are you taking? You taking the cold?
1: I'm taking 10 degrees, man. I grew up in South Dakota. That's what it's like. (laughs) Give me 10 degrees. I can always put layers on. I can't take so, I can only take so many off, man.
0: South Dakota, that's where they're like, oh, you should come back in the summer. It's a great week of the year, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: exactly. Yep. It'll get up to 100, but at least it's dry over there, too. So.
0: Yeah, I, mean, I don't know how you did that. I couldn't do that. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm fine right in the mid-Atlantic where it gets hot and humid. You get all four months. But, hey, right. we're not here to talk about the weather. We're here to talk about the Steelers, but I don't that's want to right. t- start with the Steelers. I want to start about AFC North News, something I talked about in yeah. the first half. What was your take when Baker Mayfield gets traded to the Carolina Panthers? What was your first thought?
1: My initial thought is poor Sam Darnold, um, but good for the good for the uh, Carolina Panthers. I think it's going to be an upgrade for them. I my initial thought also veered towards fantasy football, and uh, so I'm I'm thinking DJ Moore's got a little bit higher outlook probably with uh, Baker Mayfield. Hopefully he's healthy uh, starting at quarterback there, and then I think it also helps Christian McCaffrey too. Um, cause Baker's used to a run first offense, uh, uh, scheme that is designed around making the running back of running backs, a focal point. I think that if McCaffrey stays healthy, I think he can have success there. And, uh, I also think Baker Mayfield can have success there too. Um, in that style of offense, I, I think it could be a good fit for everybody involved. We will see. I'm not a big Baker fan, obviously, uh, him being with the Browns and, uh, just the, the way he plays, it's not necessarily my favorite style as well his personality never really fit with what I was thinking or is enjoyable either just to be nice uh, I guess but uh, in Carolina maybe he's a little bit better asset there maybe he's learned to kind of just play football and let that do the talking for him and uh, we'll see how it goes but I think it's a, it's a good situation for all sides involved uh, and I also love it when the Browns look look silly which they have looked very silly for the last few months so
0: you know, the last few months last two last decade plus yeah. and what are you talking about i mean all i gotta yeah. say is 2004 kellen winslow jr that's your first time pick and the Steelers get ben roethlisberger but right correct me if i'm wrong matt Cor- uh, coral he he went to a corral whatever you say it yeah uh, he went to
1: carolina right uh matt corral was old miss
0: no 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 he was drafted by the Panthers. oh oh
1: oh sorry yes he okay. was drafted by the Panthers. Yeah. That's what
0: I thought. That's what I thought. Yeah. yeah. So this is going to be interesting to me is Sam Darnold. Is this is the last year of his current contract as well.
1: It is. I believe so. I think they, uh, they brought him in on a two year deal and uh, yeah, this, this is, year. this is it. Um, so it's
0: going to be really interesting to see how this plays out. If they view any of these guys, not so much uh corral because he or Coral, right, right. whatever, because he's still on a rookie contract, but you know, Baker Mayfield is going to be a free agent after this year, unless they give him right. a new contract, which hasn't been reported yet, but it's, Hey, well, let's focus on the AFC North here, this side of things. Do you think, and this is the first thought that I had, I think the Browns, they knew they were never going to get Baker Mayfield under center, right? But they could have really forced his hand and been, it could have been an ugly situation. Do you think in any way, shape or form, this trade means that the Browns think that there's a good chance they'll have Deshaun Watson at some point this year?
1: I don't know if it necessarily means that my, my reaction to it is that they're tired of uncomfortable situations and that they were trying to get rid of one of them. And so that was kind of my initial thought. I think they could, I mean, they could sit there and, and make Baker wait. Uh, They could sit, they could, Release him as you get closer to training camp, but I think that they they were just trying to get whatever they could out of the deal um, and get rid of an uncomfortable situation, like I said. So I think that this was their this was their doing. They allowed Baker to have talks with Carolina. So they were obviously uh, for this getting done. Uh, it makes sense to me that they would want to lose some some baggage that's hanging over them uh, as much as they can going into twenty twenty two
0: yeah it's going to be really interesting and you know with with the baker mayfield thing which i've always said it baker mayfield sucks i i've I've always (laughs) rooted for him to play because i think he's awful but he's out of the conference now and so now you're looking at the potential of a suspension for watson we all assume he's going to get suspended but it's going to be really interesting to see how that quarterback situation pans out with watson being uh suspended it's either going to be jacoby Brissett or joshua dobbs in your opinion who would you rather play when the Steelers go to the Browns on Thursday night football in week 3,
1: Brissett or Dobbs? Who would I rather face? Yeah. Uh wow, I think uh I think I'd be fine with either but I guess I'd say just just uh to throw it out there Dobbs because the Steelers know him well. I think it's that, that would be, you know, they yeah. have an advantage in that area. I don't think Dobbs necessarily has an advantage Versus Pittsburgh, nah. in saying, Hey, this is what they like to do on defense. I, I think that the Steelers organization would know way more about Josh Dobbs than Josh Dobbs knows about the Steelers.
0: Yeah, for sure. And then they, we can't forget that like, Terrell Austin is going to be doing things differently. Yes. So a look that Keith Butler might have done over and over and over again might be completely different with Terrell Austin. But okay. I want to ask you about rankings. Now, you're a fantasy okay. guy. I'm not talking about fantasy football. I'm just talking about these general rankings that are all over the place now. It's July. Everyone's trying to kind of ramp up, leading into training camp. Right? You've got ESPN, Cam Hayward's going berserk. What are your thoughts (laughs) on rankings in general? Do you enjoy them as a fan? Is it something that's just kind of like, well, it's something to read and talk about and debate? Or do you think it's just nothing but hogwash?
1: I I love rankings uh, personally, but I'm a content junkie, I guess. Whatever you can throw at me you know you mentioned uh on the i think it was the wednesday let's ride about uh getting burned out on the steelers and football whatever mm-hmm. yeah that does not happen for me all right <laughs> uh 24 7 it can come at me you know just keep bringing it keep bringing it i do like to sit there and and grip my phone a little tighter and uh think evil thoughts of the riders when they put cam hayward at whatever number 5 in the in the rankings of 5th defensive wow. tackles so it does Damn. get me riled up but i guess that you know that's part of the fan experience you know um it's like they they had to give us tj watt as number 1 but they they weren't going to give us cam hayward up there with aaron donald you know it's it's just all uh it's all fun and games it's all subjective a little bit too um depending on the party that's doing the rankings And I know that they try ESPN specifically try to give validity to theirs by uh, polling these um, front office people and and whatnot. So I guess some of the stock you could put into it a little differently based on, on the rankings that are out there, but I enjoy them. I just love to read uh, about the Steelers. I like to see how um, people view Steelers players and the Steelers uh, going into this year. And, you know, I think we can really sit back and, and, realize that the Steelers are an underdog going into 2022 and I could not be more excited than or or about that standing as we head into the season
0: there's only one ranking that I really like and it's just because it's pure entertainment and that is NFL Network's top 100 and I just think that there's there's little four to five minute segments where you have other teams players talking about like a cam Hayward and just right. talking about, man, th- this guy, I remember one time he completely wrecked me in a game and they bring up the clip and you <laughs> see it. It's just, it's so entertaining. Yeah. And then I don't know if it was the top 100 or if they're there, did they did that thing with Bill Belichick where he had players right. on and you were seeing him in a different way. He wasn't the hoodie. He actually had some, some personality, not great, some, yeah. some, <laughs> yeah. but it was, I'm, I'm that guy that if you give me that, I will watch every single day. Sure. All day, because it's just so fascinating to me. Those are the only rankings that I like, but I want to ask you about something you just said. You relish the underdog role for the Steelers, right? Absolutely. You think that the team would follow suit or do you think they don't really listen to the noise as Mike Tomlin would put it? Well, I
1: I mean I guess I would say that as a general rule they they're going to go about their business the way they go about their business no matter if they're underdogs or uh front runners. But I think the if you're a competitive person and you are a professional So combine those two aspects and some and you see somebody out there questioning your uh, ability or your place in the game when you have a very competitive nature and a and a high thought about yourself like a Cam Hayward. And he should he should think very highly of his ability to play defensive tackle in the NFL. He should think of himself as a top level talent there. Same thing we talked about with Chase Claypool a few weeks ago when he said he thinks he's a top three, top five wide receiver, he needs to think that, right? So when he sees, when these guys see that they're not being talked about or that other players, their peers, their competitors are being ranked ahead of them, if if it doesn't spark something in them to prove that they have been uh, overlooked, then they're not really a competitor. And I think that that's what separates the dogs from the also ran it at professional sports. So it can only help this team. I think that they relish it. I think Mike Tomlin probably spends, spends a little more time than he lets on uh, letting his, his team feel some of this uh, uh, overlooking, if you will. So I think that it's going to play a role this year. And I think the Steelers are going to go into 2022 with a chip on their shoulder in the AFC North. uh, And I think that they have a shot man to, to prove the doubters wrong.
0: I hope you're right. You brought up Mike Tomlin. I want to ask you a question as if you were Mike Tomlin. It's something I spoke about on Wednesday, which you referenced that podcast. I'm assuming yep. you listened in regards to the preseason sure. and how it's going to be three games, not four last year. They had four because the Steelers that is because right. uh, they played in the hall of fame game with only three games. Yep. If you are Mike Tomlin and you want to throw a Mac Canada could care less. Sure. How are you handling the quarterbacks? In this preseason, game one, two, and game three.
1: So here's what I would do. I would give, I'd give Mason Rudolph the start in preseason week one. Right. Interesting. Why? Yeah. So I'm going to give Mason Rudolph the start. He's the most experienced guy. I don't necessarily need to see, or sorry. He's the most experienced guy in this offense. I don't necessarily need to see him uh, perform with my offense as much as I do the other guys. So I'm going to get his his start out of the way in week one. I'm going to let him go in there. Um, and as the guy that's most familiar, let the other newer guys in the offense, the the wide receivers that are are new George Pickens, Calvin Austin, um, uh, the Baltimore kid that came over. Miles Boykin. Yeah, Miles Boykin. Guys like that. Uh, come in and play with the more established guy in this offense that knows what he's doing for a couple series here and, and, you know, have that comfort level be a, a factor there. And then in, in week two, well, I'm hold on, hold on. Don't oh, go sorry. to week two yet. Okay. Week one. Yes. So what are you giving him a quarter? Yeah. Uh, I'll give, I would give uh tr- um I'm sorry, give Mason a quarter. Okay. Then, then Trubisky a quarter.
0: And okay. then I'm going to give
1: Kenny Pickett the the last half.
0: So you're giving him third and fourth. All the dokun yep. doesn't play.
1: Uh, not in. Well, that's Probably, a good point. You could give him point.
0: some of the fourth. You could give sure, him some get, of the fourth.
1: Yeah, let's give him some of the fourth. But I really want to see what I got in Pickett. Okay, um, that's good game as I two. It's good yeah, game okay. two. Okay, so then in game two, I'm going to totally change it up, and I'm going to give Kenny Pickett the start. All right. Wow. I want to see what this guy can do <laughs> with the starters but I don't necessarily think he's going to be my guy for week one. So I want to see what it looks like, but I don't want to necessarily put him in the dress rehearsal game. Cause I think the Steelers should let game three be their dress rehearsal game. We'll talk about that here in a second, probably. Yeah. Um, but in game two, I'm going to give pick at the start, give him a quarter, maybe a quarter and a half, depending on how, how long they want to get those starters out there. And then I'll go, Back to Trubisky, and then I'm going to put Mason Rudolph in in the in the back end here, and Chris Oladokin. Maybe I don't play Rudolph as much. Maybe get more Oladokhan in there. Okay, all right. Game three, game three, dress rehearsal. The Steelers have, because of the new schedule, and you talked about this Wednesday with uh with the preseason, they have that extra week in between to prepare. You know, to there, there's that off week like you get before the Super Bowl. Um, so the Steelers go into week three as their dress rehearsal. This is it. This is what we're going to look like. We're going to roll out on week in week one, most likely. So I think then you start Trubisky, you give him run with the ones for maybe a full half. I don't know, maybe uh, at least several series here that gets him in a flow, gets the whole starting offense in a flow. And then, after that, you kind of work your way through the quarterbacks in whatever order you have them at, and I think it's going to be Kenny Pickett and then Mason Rudolph and then Chris Oladokun. So I think you, you've got to work it in, in a way where you see each of them get starting reps with the first team in over the course of the three games, but I think you do want to, to have the guy that you think is going to be the starter week one playing the, the starting snaps in, in week three of the preseason to get you in that dress rehearsal mode. This is what it's going to look like when we roll out against the Cincinnati Bengals on in week one.
0: That I, I give you a ton of credit. You you really thought out of the box on that one. I never sure. would have thought May And I like that plan. I really do. I think it's equitable. That would be though, the ultimate Mike Tomlin saying, yeah, I don't care what the media writes about yes. what the talking heads say, because I'm going to do this the way I want to do it. And that would be, right. The epitome of that. If I were to change anything, I could see Kenny Pickett starting in week one. Sure. Mason Rudolph in week two. Okay. And then I could see Trubisky who will be the starter coming out of camp barring injury, in my opinion, right. Week three, getting the first half. Now I always reference the last year, fourth game for the Steelers, third for the Carolina Panthers, Sam Darnold played a half of football. Now, mm-hmm. that's I didn't go back and look at other teams' preseason games. I don't care that much. But still, I was i was like, wow, that he played a whole half of football. So that is that dress rehearsal that a lot of teams are using that for, especially with that extra week off.
1: It's going to be interesting, and I'm excited. Are you excited as I am for the preseason? Oh, man, I I never really have to get up for the preseason. I'm always excited for it. But this year, it's another level of excitement. I'm pumped. Yeah, for sure. There's going to be a lot of talking points. We're
0: going to talk about it a lot leading up to that. But, uh, Jeremy, this is your chance to talk to the Ride or Die crew. You can talk about anything you've got going on with the Steelers fix on the
1: website.
0: Whatever. You're on the soapbox. Go ahead.
1: Sure. Uh, Steelers fix. I think this week we're going to have an interview of a pretty high profile uh, fantasy football head. So if you're coming uh, to check out fantasy football stuff from behind the steel curtain, you can, you can check out the Steelers fix uh, for next week. I think it's going to run next week. If not, it's going to run the week after we'll keep you posted there. Uh, but then you can follow me on Twitter at the bets. 93 T H E B E T Z nine three. And uh, follow, follow the stuff I'm, uh, coming out with on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. If you're if you're still into if you're into fantasy football, I'm gonna kind of focus on that a little bit as we ramp up draft season here into the regular season. I'm gonna focus on Steelers fantasy football players. So we're gonna do some fantasy profiles coming up on BTSC. Don't forget to uh, check out everything that BTSC has. As Jeff always says, we're your one stop shop for all yeah. things Pittsburgh Steelers. Hey,
0: um, how what are your, what's your follower count up to now on Twitter? I think I'm at about 120 now. Oh so. man! Wow, yeah. big thing! Quite the big rise things. in the yes. last few weeks. Yeah, nice. I love it. And you have to let me know when you all start doing your daily daily fantasy football stuff because that's what okay. I care about. I don't do that other crap. I just sure. do every week. <laughs> Fanduel. I pick a new quarterback. That's what I love about it. Right. I'm not into this other stuff. It takes too much time. I don't have time for that. So, anyways, Jeremy, you should has, look into you that? should
1: look into best ball leagues, man. Have you have you seen golf? any best ball Are we leagues? We talking out about there? golf now? I mean, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> hey, kind of works like that. But uh, so in best ball leagues, you you take your your or you do your draft at the beginning of the year, and then it auto fills your roster throughout the year uh, with the the guy who performed the best. So you don't have to do all the the weekly mm. stuff. But at the end of the year, there's I mean there's uh, different places where you can win 2 million dollars, depending on where you place it's, wow. it's really neat stuff you should look and,
0: and you know, i will talk about that off my off air but <laughs> that's a good idea i've never heard of this stuff so that's great that's great it's great yeah. thank you very much Hey, jeremy thanks for your time have a great weekend we'll see you next week sounds good man and a big thank you to jeremy for taking the time like he does every friday to talk about the pittsburgh steelers and to say let's you know, get our thoughts together. It's always great to bounce ideas off of someone. So big thanks to him as always. Time for the heart to heart. It's how we finish out every Friday show. And if if you're new to the show, my heart to hearts can be about football. They can be about the Steelers. It can be about life in general. It is a chance for me to kind of share whatever I want to share at the end of the show, maybe give you something motivational, give you something to think about as you head off into the weekend. And this is something that happened. It was probably last week, early in the week, my family and I, we spent a lot of time at the pool. And When it's hot in the summer and I'm off work, I'm at the pool enjoying the sunshine, enjoying the water, and the kids love it as well. And I'll never forget. This is something that happened to me that has stuck with me ever since this happened. And so there was a, I'm standing there, and obviously we have five kids, and so we're always trying to keep an eye on where they are. We're in the pool. And an, an older gentleman walks up to my wife and says, excuse me, and he says something to her, and I don't really understand what he said because I'm too far away. Kids are loud and all that stuff. So I walk over to my wife and say, what did that guy say? And he said, that's my wife over there in the pool. He said, I just want you to know that she's suffering from some mental illness. She used to be a, she used to teach swim lessons. And so she comes up to your children and helps them know that she's completely harmless and she just is trying to help. And so the woman was moving around and yes, she did come up to our children and she was really nice. But the one thing that stuck out to me was that this woman who is suffering from some mental illness, and this is obviously something that is is an onset later in life. It was not something she's dealt with her whole life. Man, she's just not the same. And you talk to the husband, and he definitely was talking about that. And I want to make sure that people understand that when you're young or when you're still of capable mind and body, do what makes you happy. I think that's one thing that I can't stress enough after this one encounter. Do what makes you happy, but also do it with those that you want to do it with. Uh, There's a lot to be said about being able to take a passion and turning it into your everyday. And for me, with the Pittsburgh Steelers, I've done that. And I hope that everyone out there understands that this story is not meant to be sad. It's not meant to be depressing. It's about taking someone's circumstance and situation and learning from it you see this woman who is just stripped of her cognitive ability and you realize what she used to be in life and you have to treasure every single second that you have. Life is too short to put off days, weeks, months, what you could be doing, what could be making a difference for you in your life and doing it with those people that you like doing it with. So take that lesson for what it's worth, for me, it was ah oh man, it's it's stuck with me ever since. Such a nice woman, such a nice couple, and to see someone going through that is very, very difficult. But at the same time, it made me think, kind of, you know, do a, a look back on myself and say, I can't waste any time because time is fleeting. No one ever wins that battle with Father Time, and so you know, who knows if twenty years down the road I will be stripped of some cognitive ability. I need to treasure the time that I have right here and right now. So do that. Do that this weekend. Don't waste time. Do not waste time. Put the phone down. Go and live your life, and you won't regret it. All right, that's it for me. I'll be back on Monday. I'm hoping to have a Monday morning conversation. Last week didn't because of the 4th of July. hope to have that Monday morning conversation for you. Make sure you check out my podcast as well as all of our podcasts on the network. And You know how you finish it out here, folks. Be safe. Be kind and God bless. Have a great weekend. We'll see you on Monday. Go steal.
1: My candles burning bright. I sleep for three to four hours every night. Slipping coffee burning all till the morning light. My switches
0: never turn on.